okay, cool. So what's going on? So um, anyways, so there's two there's there's two different things that we can experience within life, right? So there's once on a physical level, and I've said this like a gajillion times already. There's once on a good, uh, on a physical level, and that might be in the form of substance, food, um, sex, objects, clothing. Um, which are all well and fine, you know, like it's, it's fine. It's cool to indulge within the physical world to an extent because, you know, we are physical beings, but then you've also got to consider, um, the, those things that are higher in scale of desire, right? And we're not talking about like the, the desire to heal the world, although that is pretty high. And that's definitely something that you want to cover. Like more with more grounded approach would be the desire to get fit, right? Or the desire to um, achieve, uh, like hit deadlines and uh, achieve things within your working life. And the desire to make the people around you happy. The desire to build healthy relationships. The desire to build a healthy body, to build a healthy life. And then... um, and then, then even surpassing that, you would then um, travel to the position of desiring, yeah, then to heal like oneself and then to heal others as well, which would be awesome and exceptional. Um, and yeah, I feel like these desires are all equally valid desires to fulfill. Um, However, we will notice that when we fulfill some desires, we will feel just a fair little bit happier um, than fulfilling other desires. And it all depends on what we're fulfilling, you know? So if you're going to be chasing, let's go with sex, right? So if you're going to be chasing sex for like the majority of your lifetime, and that might be, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 70 years, because life is extending drastically each and every year. So if you're going to be chasing sex or you're going to be chasing um, drugs or rock and roll, although rock and roll is definitely a worthwhile pursuit in and of itself, like that shit is just, that's fire, man. Um, Yeah, so if you're going to be pursuing that for like a long portion of your life, then more often than not, you're going to tend to be rather unhappy um, and unfulfilled because, you know, when we start talking about fulfillment, then we start talking about, um, like, uh, the higher reaches within life because, you know, you're reaching towards the physical and the physical is right in front of you. But when we talk about fulfillment and, like, a genuine fulfillment as well, like a heaven-on-earth type fulfillment, um, then you're kind of, uh, I don't want to say lost. No, then then you're talking about um, what it would mean to be genuinely happy, right? And so here there comes a distinction between two different forms of happiness. Because you can have the form of happiness where you're going to, you know, buy this dope-ass jacket and it's going to make you happy for like a hot sec. Um, but that's only a hot sec. And our life now, like our lifetime is redonkulously long, like I just said, like two seconds ago. Um, but we really want to impress that upon ourselves. And this is, again, this is mainly just, you know, for me at this point, um, we mainly want to impress upon ourselves just how long it is that we will be living for if we're, um, if we're, you know, fortunate enough to live in first world or developed countries because you know this stuff is really really cool there's so much opportunity here there's so much longevity as well like people are going to start living to like a few hundred years old within my lifetime which is going to be outstanding oh i don't know maybe i will maybe i'll be the first person to live to 300 years old that would be pretty sick the th- just the the sheer amount 
of things that I could do? Um, and I think that question as well needs to be asked, you know, like what would I do if I lived for like 200 or 300 years? Because you're not going to be doing the same stuff that you're doing now. Like that's just obscene. Um, because the, what the majority of people are doing now is not in any way productive or fulfilling. Um, and if you've got 300 years, then you really want to crack down on the secret of, you know, how do I get fulfilled? How do I, how do I as an individual become fulfilled, genuinely fulfilled within life? When you can think and look at life and you can be like, yeah, you know what? This is exactly what I'm here to do. This is exactly what I'm here for. And this is why I'm going to choose to keep on living and to keep on living, 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 living. And, um, and yeah, and that fulfillment is a really important feeling or quality that we need to like bring into our lives. Otherwise, there's just a sense of lacking within every single aspect of our life. Um, and that's really, you know, not the bestest of things to have. So what we can also do is we can bring that sense of fulfillment in on our own. You know what I mean? Like, there's no one telling us, there's no one preventing us from being fulfilled. We might like to place blame and we might might like to point the finger at other people and be like, ah, you know, old Gerard down the road used to da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Or like, oh, the government's doing da 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 It's like, well, it doesn't actually matter because they cannot control your capacity to be a completely fulfilled human being you know because fulfillment doesn't come on the physical level even if they had um their hands around your throat you can still be fulfilled i don't know what kind of situation you would be in where you're fulfilled and um you're being like choked out Uh, well i don't know you know there's 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 a whole world of kinks and quirks that people love getting into so i hear um but this is still, you know, it's still a valid point in saying that no matter what it is that happens within the physical world, like of, you know, human bodies and sex and drugs and rock and rolls and all this cool, crazy jazz, it doesn't matter what happens there because fulfillment in a way transcends that because we can be fulfilled regardless of our physical means, regardless of our physical positioning, because fulfillment is essentially a feeling fulfillment is a feeling that um we attain we arrive at that we experience when we are doing what we were put here to do you know when we are fulfilling our purpose on earth when we are um when we are setting our own goals when we are achieving our goals when we are on the path that we are most aligned with when we are on the path that we are most capable of enacting i would say in a sense yeah 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 we achieve fulfillment when we do consistently what we most want to do right and so there's a difference there between you know oh i want that bag and oh I really want to become, you know, it it could be like a professional dancer so I can inspire children to express themselves through physical means or I really want to become an aviator so that I can show people around the the world to like some of my favorite places or I I really want to become, um, these these are just like all things that I've wanted to become at some stage of my life. Like I really want to become a gymnast so I can, you know, show myself the potential of the body and I can show others um, that there's zero limitations that 
actually going to hold us back from doing what we most want to do? Because when you follow that line of questioning, you know, you when you question yourself, and you're like, what, what do I want to do? What is it that I am here to do? What do I desire more than the gratifying feeling of sex or social media or substance or food, whatever it is, you know, con- consumption? What is it that what is it that satisfies me rather than gratifies me? What is it that satisfies me over a long period of time um, so that I can feel that um, fulfillment, so I can attain that fulfillment, so I can uh, level up in a sense and bring that sense of fulfillment into every aspect of my life. And a lot of people say a lot of the time, there's like, well, well, you can't have that in every single part of the life. Well, actually, you can because it's your life and there's only one person that's living your life. Sure, life might have a fair few different um, facets to it. You know, there's like, there's the working aspect of life. There's exercise, there's, you know, dietary requirements. There's um, creative expression. There's love and close personal relationships as well as healthy professional relationships. Um there's, you know, there's, there's all those different aspects that you can break it down and you can break it down any way that you want. That's just my kind of general breakdown. You know, like I learned almost everything that I know from big old Mr. Tony Robbins and he breaks it down into just four things, right? We've got health, love, um, finance, and, uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, um, 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 connection or something like that. I don't know. You can go Google it if you really want. But for the purposes of this, I'm going to have my breakdown. And it's, you know, because I'm the one doing this. <laughs> Which makes a hell of a lot more sense. Because, yeah, if I didn't come up with my own system based on other people's systems, then I wouldn't be, you know, creating the life that I would most want to live. And thus, I wouldn't be able to tell other people, hey, create the life that you most want to live. Which is literally my entire life's goal and mission and purpose. And, um, yeah, so on then, so then on getting back to fulfillment, you really want to question yourself and be like, well, what, what do I want to do? And then once you get that, go into why, you know, take a really analytical mind. I hesitate to say the word critical because there's, there's a few connotations, um, in people's minds of critical being somewhat negative. Um, but critical is positive because once you're critical, once you take a critical lens to anything at all, then you're equipped to um, extrapolate the positive meanings or outcomes uh, from whatever circumstance, situation, object, art, form, whatever it is that you're observing, right? You're, um, you're, able, you're more able to extract positive benefit from everything you look at when you take a critical eye to things. Um, and so that, that connotation is uh, a waste of time. What we want to do is we want to take, like I said, an analytical or a critically analytical or a critical mind, whichever one you want to say, because critical thinking and critical analysis is the basis of all movement throughout life. Because once we can critically analyze anything, we can ascertain the meaning, the deeper meaning behind things, right? And so when we start to delve into the realm of meaning, this is where life starts taking on a whole new trajectory and a whole new light because we start looking at things from what they mean as opposed to what they simply seem to us, just 
by our eyesight, right? We need to use our mind and we need to think and we need to put a little bit of energy into it when we consider, you know, what is the meaning of this which I am looking at, yeah? And sooner or later, you get to the point where you've habituated that. And when you have habituated that, um, then you're far more equipped to move through the world in a discerning manner and make decisions that are going to greatly benefit you and greatly benefit the people around you which is really kind of the goal of life, you know, make choices that make you happy. And thus, by extension, you are then more equipped to make other people happy. And the people and that's literally what it is, you know what I mean? Like the people around you, their level of happiness, the the level of happiness they direct to you is massively going to impact the level of happiness that um, you experience because it's, you know, your close personal relationships are the ones you're surrounding yourself with in majority of the time so the happier they are the more happiness you're exposing yourself to and the happier you will become right and it doesn't start with them either it starts with you if you can make them happy then now they are happy and they're giving you their happiness right so even if you look at it from a in quotes selfish point of view and by selfish all i really mean is concerning the self right um, and this is this word has there's a lot of contention surrounding this whenever I mention this as well because a lot of people think selfish is this manipulative and deceiving um, uh, behavior that you know very conceited people might employ to make sure that only they get to move forward but that's a connotation right the sheer meaning and the natural definition of selfish is just a focus or a concern of the self. And even if you look at the most altruistic actions, right? Um, and this isn't me saying that um, uh, 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 the being, you know, negatively selfish is a good thing. It's me saying, no, selfish has, um, I'm standing up for the word at this point for the definition. No, selfish has positive connotations and selfish has a positive meaning. And when we can align with that, then we're doing a little bit better, yeah? Which is really, I think, the the sole purpose of this kind of stuff, to to allow my own self to become better at things. Like, you know, this podcast is only really new and fresh and still getting used to it. And uh, there's so many different things that I'm just starting um, within, you know, business and life. And, you know, like I'm drawing, I'm creating, I'm skating, I'm still setting down uh, a, a few different projects that I, I want to be working on and all like and this podcast again is like one of the massive ones and anyway so back to the positive um, connotations of selfish because it's really really important like if you look at the most altruistic um, actions that humans can perform you consider like a mother Teresa type figure where she sacrifices the opportunity to be like the most self-indulgent um person and even that has connotations that I haven't worked through um as of yet but still you know like self-indulgent in the traditional sense where she could just be like a whoremonger in America but she's not you know she sacrificed all that and that's not really a sacrifice because you would be so unhappy she 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 op she she chose to forego that um in place of spending her lifetime helping those that were far less fortunate than she was and um maybe not in a financial sense but certainly in the sense that you know she had found god within her life and i'm no i'm not christian by any means but you know if you can align to a higher 
um, set of values, a higher um, being, a higher deity, a higher uh, purpose, a higher existence, then you're moving in the right direction because regardless of whatever like theology or pantheon or mythology that you want to follow or that aligns most to your interests and personal beliefs, you very, very quickly realize that the underlying um, connector of all these theologies is love, right? If you look at any of them, it's all love. And it might very well be shown in different ways based on cultural contexts. Like the Babylonian um, example of love um, would might be very, very different, you know? Like the Babylonian gods, um, Marduk created humans so that they could serve the gods. Great. That was their version of love, service. They were, we were created to serve that which is higher than us. Like, yeah, sure, maybe there was, maybe because that city was, you know, like, um, heavily involved with slave labor and stuff like that. But, you know, they're human, we're human, we make mistakes. If that stuff is going to happen, and we see it as being like a, "Mm, maybe that's not the best thing. Instead of like, raising our fists and collecting a gajillion people, how about we just go, oh, okay, they made a mistake, I'm not going to make that mistake simple like if you don't like slavery don't do slavery lead as example there's no there's literally no point in storming up to someone that is still slaving and yelling abuse at them like what is that going to achieve when is yelling abuse actually achieved any sense of communication and now we we have strayed well off of the fulfillment path but communication is a whole whole ball game to get into and I really want to get that but yeah we got here because of fulfillment um, we'll, so we'll trail back to, to communication because communication is really important and communication is literally going to solve every single problem within life so you better get damn good at it that's what I found my purpose to be to be honest like to be able to communicate ideas and thoughts in a range of different ways, you know, be it through like um, my body language or through uh, visual art or through words or podcasts or writings or whatever it is. Um, When you understand the power of communication, then you're able to utilize it to benefit yourself. And now that actually does tie back to fulfillment because when we talk about fulfillment, we talk about the feeling of fulfillment and we can only feel fulfilled when we are able to communicate to even ourselves, especially ourselves. We, we only feel fulfilled when we are able to communicate to ourselves what it is that would make us the most fulfilled, right? So it comes back to communication and communication in the example that we were using a little bit before in regards to like slave ownership great sure that can be solved through communication but the most important sense of communication um that you can ever develop is the communication with your own self you know if you believe in a higher self if you believe in a god if you believe in um i don't know a magical deity whatever it is you need to be able to communicate with that in order to glean any kind of insight or understanding from that yeah Um, You also need to be able to communicate with your body because your body is constantly communicating things to you. Illnesses, communicating, um, um, uh, not depravities, uh, detractions from health based on lifestyle. That's what illnesses are. Illnesses are showing you in a very localized spot exactly what you're not using. 
So if you really want to cure an illness, change up the lifestyle a little bit rather than trying to buffer down the symptoms with medication or whatever, then change up the lifestyle, which yeah, is a little bit trickier, but hey, if you want to, you want to, you know, actually live, then you need to, you need to be willing to do what life is. And when you consider life within the context of the universe, then you start very quickly to understand that life is change and existence is change. Everything is constantly changing. Everything is constantly in flux. Like how can we justify, oh, not we, because I don't, how can you justify um, being afraid of change when at the most basic and fundamental level of existence, everything is in constant flux. The energy around, like the energy that makes up all matter, the energy that makes up all light and just all the energy in the universe is constantly in flux. It is never stationary. And yet we will hit times within our lives where we will become stationary and we can, we somehow justify that with a level of fear where anything apart from this is going to be big and scary and dangerous. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, great. It might very well be dangerous if you want to go there, but you know, so is living whatever lifestyle that you're living now, because whatever lifestyle you're living now, and this is in the context of illness and health, by the way, whatever lifestyle you're living now, uh, if you have an illness is evidently not serving your own betterment. And it's definitely not serving your um your path to fulfillment or your goal of fulfillment because that is the goal because if we're going to live life then we want to be fulfilled there's no point in continuing to live life if we're just going to feel lacking and angry and just jaded against the world nah that none of that feels good like sure it can feel good to scream at someone but again it's like buying a bag you know what i mean it's like for a moment for a brief fleeting moment it feels great but then after that, you genuinely become jaded and conceited and just blah, 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 gross. However, if you switch that up and you're like, hmm, I'm going to do a little bit of work and I'm going to see if I can become just a little bit more fulfilled, right? Then um, when you align with that, then you're on the right track. Ho, I'm like a lyricist. This is crazy. I'm going to write songs. I do write songs, actually. Shameless self-plug. I am also... (laughs) I was about to say magician. Naturally am, but also musician. And I have awesome music. And I'm so, so keen to be working on stuff. Okay, and that's... Okay, that's a really good example, actually. Because from a personal level, and I will only ever speak of things with authority that I have experienced through personal experience. Yeah? And, And that covers a wide range of stuff. Like, my imagination is wild so i'm able to experience things and images and objects and sounds that a lot of people aren't hence why i draw things hence why i make music hence why i write things hence why i like to create things because i can uh, experience things that some people can't and well actually well they can't now everyone can because i started off just as like a, um, a normal human being it's all just learnt stuff really like if you want to experience any, if you want to experience another situation that you haven't firsthand experienced, then you can, because you simply need to break down what it means to experience things. And what it means to experience things is, um, to see essentially to feel the feeling that results from, um, being 
confronted with the perception that culminates from all the information from our senses, right? So if you're if you like level up your imagination to the point where you can imagine different pictures and scenarios and situations that you could live within and then you also go to that next step and you picture and you genuinely make yourself feel which is empathy right because if you're empathetic you can feel what another person is feeling genuinely feel it right and this is the whole thing with empaths because empaths will like unconsciously link up with people and they'll be able to feel when these people are feeling, you know, down or depressed or even happy and you know what I mean? Like they're, um, they're able to feel these things and, uh, 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 and that, and, and that's extraordinary because that's what experience is. Experience is the feeling that we get, you know, we can get impressions like artists, you can have impress, impressionist artworks, you can have, um, a, a whole range of different things, and you think about like I- ideal. Well, what is it? Ide- idealism, idealism, which is a movement within um, art and also thinking as well, like philosophy. Um, and I think idealism originated around the age of the Enlightenment because there was just so much going on, and idealism was concerned with the um, capturing the perfection of those things that exist in the realm above our own realm. So this is mainly within philosophy, although you can find idealistic painters and artists and musicians and writers. Um, and it, it was essentially concerned with the, yeah, exactly what I said. It, it was concerned with the capturing of the perfection of that which exists above and just adjacent to our physically perceived realm, right? So this goes into Plato's like forms. And if you've never heard of that, then you definitely need to do some research because it is outstanding. Um, and yeah, I forget how we got here as well, but you know what? That's the whole point of this. Um, it's just, just it, it, it's a whole butt ton of ideas. And it also links back as well. Like if we're talking about fulfillment um, and, and life, then this is, this is what fulfills me, you know, talking about ideas that are going to benefit people's lives because I am genuinely passionate about that because I've fostered unconditional love for the entire human race. And on a daily basis, I try to enact that in my best possible conceivable ways. Um, and so, yeah, that's why, that's kind of why I'm talking about ideas and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, people can benefit from this. I know people can benefit from this because I've benefited from this and I am a people. And I also know that if people are able to learn these things, which I have learned, and there's nothing special about me either, like everything that I know, everything I do is just learnt things, you know? It's just things that you can learn. You can learn how to project yourself into the astral realm, just like you can learn how to do a push-up. It's exactly the same process. And first, you've got to teach yourself to learn. Um, but, you know, you, you just got to find out what kind of learner you are. Anyway, so back to Plato's forms, and we'll come back to learning as well. So back to Plato's forms, um, what, the, what the general philosophy or idea is, is that there is a dimension of objects or ideas so there's the ideal dimension which is comprised of the ideas behind everything ever so in this dimension there is the ideal chair right so four legs little butt spot maybe a backrest great so that ideal chair is the perfect form for all conceivable chairs that exist within this three-dimensional world um and it is it's true and justified at least in the sense that 
all chairs are a non-perfect or a flawed um, attempt to manifest or represent that ideal form within the physical world because the physical world is inherently flawed. You know, the, the physical world is inherently um, imperfect. That is, that, that's, that's the whole point of it, you know? Like if we are human beings and we're dualistic creatures, uh, dualistic just simply meaning um, of two opposing natures simultaneously, which we are, by the way, you know, we have the capacity for good just, as, uh, just at the same time we have the capacity for evil, right? So we are dualistic beings, you know? We can love and we can hate which are two ends of the same spectrum. We can, we can feel joy and we can feel misery. Um, and we can feel depressed and we can feel, you know, happy. I'm still trying to come up with the, the opposite of depressed. Like, impressed? Expressed? Yeah. We can, we can be depressed or we can be expressed. I'm going to go with that. Ooh, that is nice. Oh. Yeah, okay. Sticking with it. Um... Yeah, we can be we, we can be all those and we have the capacity to be all those, right? And what I think a lot of people are lacking at the moment is the understanding that once you once you take, you know, control of where you're at on those scales, and you can take control, by the way, because depression is definitely a choice, and I say that through experience. Um, so yeah, screw you, anyone that's going to complain and come up with excuses and whatever it is, because you're just wasting your own time. If you're going to choose to be depressed, that's on you, dude. Your choice is your choice and you're going to deal with the consequences of that action. If you're going to not like the consequence of that action, choose something else. There is literally nothing stopping you at all, ever. No one ever can take away your freedom of choice. No one even if, right, even if you're in, like, worst case scenario where someone is torturing you for information, you still have a choice. There's no such thing as, ah, they gave me no choice. It's BS. And I said this the other night, and so, yeah, and like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go there sometimes and be like, oh, I don't have a choice. You know, I'll, I'll play that victim role every now and again, because I'm human, but what separates me from a lot of other people is the fact that whenever I catch myself out on doing that, I stop it immediately. Like I just did then because it's not healthy and it's not helpful and it's not going to actually move me to where I want to be. And my goal is to be where I want to be and my, where I want to be is the best possible state in life. And this now comes back to fulfillment. You know, I want to genuinely be fulfilled as a human being and me playing a victim role um, and expressing how I have no or expressing the thought or idea that I have no choice is not going to help that because when you take away someone's choice, you take away all their autonomy, you take away their freedoms and what makes us happier than having freedoms and expressing and exercising those freedoms, I mean, exercising those freedoms. What makes us happier than exercising those freedoms? You know, the freedom to love who it is that we love healthily. Um, and all these are underlined with the assumption and the, no, not the the axiom that they need. They are, by necessity, they need to be healthy. And you can define healthy in a range of different ways. So, as I was saying, and I totally got cut off because I'm still getting to learn how all this works. (laughs) 
I'm joking. I activated Siri and she totally butted in. Um, so what I was saying is how we define healthy is something that contributes to your to the longevity of your capacity to attain success and attain fulfillment. Um, the, the healthy as something that is positively contributive to your um, to your capacity to experience quality things within life to have a quality experience within life, right? And um, and so, yeah, yeah, there's like, there's a fine line with that because what I was saying beforehand as well was like the the love thing, uh, you know, like if you're, you, you're free to love who it is that you love and then it also kind of brings up that nitty gritty thing of like, well, yeah, there's all this like freedom of love and gay pride and all that kind of stuff. But then there's also the other end of the spectrum, which is like, unfortunately, pedophilia, which is insane, by the way. Um, And then you think about that and you're like, oh, well, yeah, if there's total freedom to love, then that is like a major concern. And, you know, that is a genuine part of the um, argument and a genuine part of the scope and the scene. And we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we were to not analyze that. And a lot of people aren't willing to analyze that and go into that because there's just a whole range of stuff that exists within there that they don't want to deal with. And it's totally fine because it's a really messed up act. However... Um, what we see is, uh, when we look at the motivation, like the individual psychological motivation behind this, um, act behind all acts. And you can, you can question this. I've questioned this many, 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 many times in a range of different contexts, you know, with myself, with my own past relationships, with the reasoning behind parental relationships, with the reasoning behind friends, relationships, partners, lovers, whatever it is in all of life you can question and and i highly encourage you to do so because you need to find your own answers i these are just the answers that i've had um in the past but like you question you question you question and you realize that the every single action comes back to love every single action comes back to love now that's not to say considering you know we we're on the hot topic of um pedophilia that's not to say that we that that is an act of love more often than not it's an act of a lack of love right and it's also an act and it's typically aggressive and um super messed up because the people involved within this are lacking in love they're lacking in love from the people around them because what we find more often than not is that their childhood their childhoods were really abusive and so they have a lot of different uh, connotations and associations um, and impressions of what it means to be an adult, what it means to express oneself sexually, what it means to express oneself as uh, as a human being, uh, and the relationship they have to children and adults, right? So a lot of that comes from messed up childhoods. Um, and so if that's not dealt with properly and that's not healed with, then that's, and that's not healed, then it's going to manifest itself in damaging ways, yeah? Because if we're traumatized as human beings and we do not act on that and we don't do what, uh, and we don't heal that, we don't move on from that, then it will undeniably manifest in the most grotesque of ways. Um, 
because that's just the nature of the world. What we have within us will then be projected into the physical world, right? So I, I, I've said many times, I've aligned myself with unconditional love. And now, only now do I feel comfortable and confident, you know, um, building a business and actually going after money and allowing money to come to me and, um, uh, and surrounding myself with uh, like these types of ideas because at my core, I know that I love my own self unconditionally and I know that I love the realm, the host of life or whatever, just life in general, unconditionally. And... And what uh, what you realize in the case or like on the topic of pedophilia as well is that they do not have that. Almost all of them will be lacking in that love. And what a lot of people don't realize, and this isn't even within that specific context, this is within a realm of context. This is within like the majority of human life now. So we went to like one of the darkest places and now we're going to bring ourselves up to the light, right? So... And that's how I work, you know, you you need to, you need to go to the darkness to appreciate the light. And that's kind of what shadow work is about, you know, understanding your own capacity for um, evil and also the things that you're going to neglect about yourself as well, like that you don't want to face, like your, like the, the fact that you very well could have easily been a soldier within the Nazi regime. And a lot of people are turning to socialism now, a lot of like millennials, people my own age, that do not understand political systems and don't understand the outcome of their actions and the true consequence of their actions or even the motivation behind their actions, by the way. A lot of people are acting from a place of unconscious reaction, which is not healthy in any way, shape or form for anyone, for them, for the people around them, for the people affected by their actions. So if anyone is, you know, a proponent for a different um, social uh, organization and a different social hierarchy, whatever you want to call it, then you need to look at your own self, you need to introspect and you need to ask yourself why you're doing these things. Because until you know why you're doing these things, you cannot justify your actions in being a proponent for a different way of living. If you don't even know why you're in this current realm of living, you cannot effectively um, uh, uh, um, suggest any other way of living. You can't. It's impossible because you don't know this life. You don't understand this life that we have here. And if you don't understand this, how are you supposed to move to anything else? It doesn't make sense. You need to know where you are in order to move to something else, right? So if, and and, and yeah, and this, and this ties back into it as well. This comes to the concept of fulfillment because to be fulfilled, you know, you need to be doing what you most want to be doing, right? And, um, and then you look at the actions of like, you know, protesters or pedophiles or uh, work bees or whatever it is, because they're actions, it's pure and simple. They are actions. It's not a good or a bad action until we judge it and we determine whether or not it is good or bad. Right. They are actions. So what we realize is that these actions are motivated from a place of a lacking of self-worth, a lack of self-love, a lack of self-esteem. So if we were to have all these people introspect and build themselves up as human beings, 
we would see a massive decline in the amount of aggravation. We would see a massive amount of decline in the amount of violence and just aggression and anger and hatred in the world. Like, really? The only reason why that would become manifest is because, again, like I said before, what we have, what we hold inside ourselves internally is what we see um, manifest within the physical world. So if we hate ourselves, of course we're going to spread hate throughout the world. If we're angry with ourselves, of course we're going to get angry with other people. And conversely, the same is true for love. If we love ourselves, then of course we're going to see love in the world. We're going to see love in the people around us. We're going to see love in the eyes of the people that you know we see on the side of the road because we love ourselves. And so, again, it comes back to like one of the most important points ever. When we love our own selves, we can then act in any way, shape, or form we want. We have total freedom because what you realize is when the, you do love yourself truly and unconditionally, all you want to do, like really, when it gets down to the core of it, all you really want to do with your time in your life is give that to other people, is to allow other people that same um, feeling of unconditional love and healing because it, it's one of the best feelings that you can have when you tap into that power of, oh, whoa, hold up. I can not only love myself, but I can love others on an unconditional basis. And unconditional meaning as well, by the way, truly accepting of your true self, um, genuinely supportive as well and and acting in a way that is going to mean that you're um you're seeing you're giving your own self or whoever you're unconditionally loving as much happiness as possible right so that's unconditional love where you're genuinely serving the other's happiness by a giving of your effort time energy attention money whatever it is that is an act of unconditional love because you see them as a human being and you see them as a reflection of your own self as well and because you see them as a reflection of your own self then what you really want to be doing is healing them and this is i mean uh, this is at least what i've found really like i've healed myself i've healed the traumas of this lifetime um to the best of my ability and i've found self-love and i employ that on a daily basis to again to the best of my ability some days it's pretty shoddy other days it's really really good you know what i mean like you know sometimes you'll forget because you're human <laughs> and and other times you'll like smash it out because you forgot and you really want to make it up to yourself and i think personally and this is really all that this is, you know, a, a, a personal perception, an alternate perception. I think personally that once we as human beings can align with that self-love and that, uh, that true acceptance of ourselves um, and, and that happiness within our own selves as well, then we are, well, we are almost entirely equipped to go live that life of, um, I was about to say enlightenment, yeah, enlightenment, but mainly like fulfillment, you know, because we love ourselves. So regardless of whatever it is that we do, uh, oh, actually, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, regardless of whatever it is we do, we can still love ourselves. And that is kind of key because when you think about fulfillment as a feeling, 
you also want to think about fulfillment as being the resulting feeling from performing specific actions, right? So um, when you're performing specific actions, you want to break it down into the action performed and the motivator behind that action. Now, when you come back to self-love, every action that you take is motivated by love, right? So that means then that if you want to most be if you want to be the most amount of fulfilled i wonder if we could measure fulfillment can we like quantitatively evaluate fulfillment on a personal level because that would be exceptional or maybe it's all qualitative um you know this kind of stuff really interests me um can we quantify human beings you know like in a way that doesn't detract from their humanity because we have a tendency to quantify human beings when we talk about like KPIs within a corporate context um we talk about you know the numbers that we're labeled with if we're uh, uh prisoners of war or yeah. <laughs> um, link holders, or you know, Medicare holders, or credit card holders. What there's there's numbers associated to us, but they don't capture. And this is the argument behind it that they do not effectively, or at all, capture our true humanity, because we're labelled as numbers. Like you go step in line at like a service center or whatever it is, you're gonna get a number and you're gonna stand in line. That number is going to represent you as a human being, but it doesn't really capture the full scope of things. And when you consider what the full scope of things mean, it means, you know, you get into the realms of like, do we have a soul as a human being? You know, do we have, do we have these like ex- extensive feelings and emotions and um, sometimes, you know, artistic visions and creative expressions and um feelings and things that are not of this world, you know, like feelings of love, feelings of connection, feelings of creativity, feelings of um, anything and everything, right, that make us human beings, like the light of passion that you see arrives in in someone's eyes when they genuinely align with that which they most love, like that is human, how do we represent that as like a quantitative thing? And it's not even as well. It's not to be like, oh, okay, you're good. you got this level of stuff. You can go here. Oh, actually, that would be pretty cool though. Like if you if you think about it, like if we could quantify people's passion, then we could see um, like how passionate someone is in a specific thing. Um, then we like then I feel like that'd just be able to help people like you know fit into the. Um, the giant puzzle that is, in quotes, society, um, because all society is is a collection of people working together and collaborating to um, propagate the success, the world, the monetary wealth, um, the the physical health, um, all, all those kind of things um, of each individual uh, involved, right? So if you think about the most effective society, the most effective society would be the society where A, everyone is as happy as can be, and B, everyone is contributing as much as they can to that society. And then you think about how those two things aren't even really, you know, removed because when someone is contributing to themselves and the people that they love, which is the people they surround themselves with, when they come in line with self-love, so self-love is super important and that leads to fulfillment and that leads to also finding a purpose, right? And so that's what we're talking about right now. So we're talking about purpose within life. Um, 
and quantifying passion, you know. But, you know, whatever. Anyways, so, if you if you go to those two, so you've got to be as happy as possible, you've also got to be um, as productively contributive as possible, right, to the society that you're living in, in order, f- and, and by the way, so this is each individual has those two necessities uh, or requirements to meet so that society could be as effective as possible. And this isn't something that needs to be enforced, it's something that needs to be educated and um, enlightened to people. So... It's really cool because we see these two things as not actually being separate, right? So we see um, the, uh, the happiness and the productivity as actually being one in the same when what we are productively contributing genuinely makes us happy, right? And so this does come to the topic of purpose because in ideal society, um, each, purpose, each person has aligned with and understood their purpose within the world. Each person is also supported in um, developing that purpose, into providing, into sharing that purpose, into sharing that passion. Because if you're not passionate about your purpose, then, well, you know, it's not really convincing. <laughs> it's not really, what's the point? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you need to. Um, forgot what I was saying but it was something about purpose passion yeah okay so if you want to be um, the most happy and the most productive and contributing person to what you would you would need to be right and in order to be that each individual thus then needs to I don't know if that grammatically makes sense but uh, each individual thus then needs to find their own purpose within the world because when you find your own purpose with the world, you're aligning with that thing which you are most passionate about, which you are the best at, and also that thing which is going to contribute to the progression of yourself and the people around you maximally. And as well, you know, considering that we live in a society that is affording of business things, you can also, you know, get paid for that, which is awesome. Because that means then that you can live a purpose and you can keep going forward and forward and forward. And you can, yeah, it's cool. So anyways, and we'll talk more about that later. But right now, we're talking a little bit more about purpose and passion. Heck yeah. Because when you find your purpose, and um, and and for a lot of people, this might be a little bit weird. And like, I don't know, it might be a little bit like, whoa, purpose within life? No, man, that's just insanity. No way, dude. That's not, not on, man. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a waste of time because purpose is like everything like what are you going to do you're going to spend the rest of your life just meandering about with no direction with no purpose like i you can do that i i have done that before it's not like you know it it's not the most energetically demanding so it's pretty chill and pretty easy but like i i don't know i just got bored and i i, I do get bored with it really really quick because you just like so soon and maybe this is because my mind just runs you know really really fast compared to a fair amount of people like um, yeah, I know. Every time I say that, I feel like it's just like, oh, I'm just, he's just like so up himself. But, you know, I'm not. I genuinely know my worth and my value and I know the skills that I have and I know the skills that I've developed. I'm able to learn things probably about like 10 times faster than the majority of people. I'm able to understand things 10 times faster than the majority of people. I'm able to eloquently explain things 10 times uh, more effectively and efficiently than the majority of people. These are my skills. These are what I am good at because I've worked at that, right? So there's a difference between, between being like fully up yourself and 
just recognizing your worth and recognizing your strengths and recognizing what you're good at. You know what I mean? Like I'm a damn good, effective communicator. That was super incorrect. <laughs> that was hilariously ironic right there. <laughs> I'm a damn good, effective communicator. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, we have our moments. Everyone's got moments. <laughs> but that's what, that's what I've been, you know, building up for the majority and that's why I'm doing this podcast as well because like this is this is my next level in developing my ability to communicate these ideas with the world because from a personal you know point of view my purpose within this earth within this lifetime on this earth rather is to communicate the ideas that have most benefited my life in order to most benefit the lives of everyone else and then you know, there's some kind of, uh, apparently some people see, seem to be sus about that for some reason. And they're just like, oh, what's that? What's the motive behind that? And they'd be like, well, I'll tell you my motive. My motive is because I love you and I want to see you succeed because you'll be happy. And I like seeing people happy. It's, it makes me happy and I want to be happy. You know what I mean? And what makes me the most happy is seeing other people happy. What makes other people the happiest them succeeding in um, moving towards their dreams, them achieving things that they have wanted to achieve for a lifetime. That's what makes people happy. And so if I get to be a part of that and I get to contribute towards that growth and that success and that, 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 that path of development and personal growth and to the point where they are the happiest that they've ever been, then I get to be happy. And really, all I want to do in life is be happy, you know? And how I know that is because I questioned myself and I introspected a fair amount when I, you know, when I was chasing like, hmm, do I really want to be doing these copious amounts of drugs? Do I really want to be spending all my time chasing after all these women? And then you arrive at the the question, the, the, the answer and you're like, hmm, well, considering the only reason you would be doing this is to attain happiness and there are far better and more sustainable ways to attain happiness, aka fulfillment, uh, no, these probably aren't the things that I want to be spending my life doing. You know what I mean? Um, because yeah, again, there are better ways to find happiness, like sustainable happiness. And when I'm talking about sustainable happiness, I'm talking about not just like, you know, 10 minutes afterwards. And every time someone mentions it after, it's like just in any moment you can think about your life and be like, wow, damn, I have done some really cool stuff. I've done some amazing things and I'm continuing to do those amazing things on a daily or a weekly basis. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's again what it comes down to, uh, because you know, that, that idea springs forth the idea of lifestyle and habits and your lifestyle, by the way, is a culmination of the habits that you have, uh, developed over however long it's taken. Like some people say, Oh, it takes 21 days to develop a new habit. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't. I can develop a new habit in about two minutes, right? Because once you understand what it is the habit is, you can effectively change that almost instantly, right? It takes like two seconds of work because in most people, however, in most people, you know, maybe I'm, I'm a, in quotes, special case because my lifestyle is very different from a lot of people. And it is that because I have worked my ass off to make it that. And my lifestyle is whenever I see something that I most want to do, I now have all the money and the time to do that. Awesome. Sweet ass. Um, which means then that I, whatever needs to happen, so if I need to change my habits, my entire life and focus goes towards changing that as quick as possible. And 
yeah, not a lot of people have that luxury because they haven't done the work that I have, right? And again, I think that's why I kind of am so keen and curious about coaching because like I have done a butt ton of work and it just doesn't make sense for other people to do the same amount of work, you know? Like if I can condense and compress things into the tiniest amounts of time for people to benefit from, great, that's awesome. That'd be like, yeah, you can learn and I do highly encourage your own learning. However, I also recognize some people do need help. So, you know, that's like a thing. And I'm just like the most helpful little person ever. Anyways, uh, we're talking about uh, happiness and fulfillment and help and oh yeah, habits. That's one. So we're talking about habits mainly and how people say it's, it takes 21 days to build a new habit. It takes 21 days if you're living a traditional lifestyle. And a traditional lifestyle is a lifestyle of you know the the nine to five and. Um, and I'm going by my age group as well. So I'm 21 right now. So the majority of my people are doing three, three major things, right? So they're studying, they're working, and they are socializing, hopefully. I hope so. So those are the three major things. Also surrounding that, you know, you want uh, like health and exercise. So that's usually like the... Um, the periphery focus, so that comes up like as a peripheral thing, um, and then also the like the the creative pursuits are also a peripheral thing. So the majority of people, because uh, this is aimed at like you know the new age, not new age, but like the new generation, I suppose. So my generation and even those younger than me and some older than me, because there's a lot of people that are studying all the time. They're officially studying. They're officially working. Whatever it is you want to say. Um, and that's pretty good because like, you know, some of the, most of the things that come into uh, play when you talk about, um, living a fulfilled life and happy life and your best life is learning, is working, is socializing, is exercising. Um, it's all the good, the good and healthy ings, you know, healthy eating. (laughs) So you want to be doing all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're doing it pretty well at this point. So anyways, what we're talking about in regards to habits is if you are living a traditional lifestyle, um, then yeah, it's going to take a little bit longer for habits to form because you know, you're going to be needing to do this one specific thing over and 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 over. And because there are those other focuses within life, you know, you've got work and uni and all that kind of stuff, because there are those other focuses within life, um, you need to spread that out because those other things are going to distract and detract from your ability to develop that uh, new neural pathway because that's what habit building is about, right? Um, And also, we need to question ourselves as to like what habits are and why they're important and how they link to lifestyle as well, I totally just realized. So... I'm going to do that in uh, the next one. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Okay, sick, sweet. So, um, the last one we were talking about habits and lifestyle and why we would bother about any of them. Well, <laughs> good question. So, first, let's go into definitions because definitions are key. Um, we want to see how lifestyle and habits are related. So, when you consider a lifestyle, what typically comes to mind is maybe like the ideal lifestyle, you know, like traveling the world and doing all these crazy amazing cliff jumps and cliff dives with beautiful models from all around the world whatever your lifestyle currently is a certain way right and a lifestyle is simply the 
impression or the idea or the image or the vision or whatever you want to call it, the lifestyle is the overarching life that we live that is comprised of smaller units and those smaller units called habits, right? So what we do on a daily or a weekly basis, um, or in my case, on a moment-to-moment basis, um, which, yeah, is totally possible because everything exists within this current moment. So if you consider any kind of habit building, then it's all going to be existent within a moment, right? So um, what you do repetitively throughout different moments and days and weeks um, is going to determine your lifestyle, right? So a lot of people work, a lot of people study, a lot of people... Um, do a, a, a lot of things, you know, like you hang out with friends, you go out, you exercise, hopefully you eat well, hopefully. Um, I am still working on uh, those two last ones. <laughs> um, because, you know, lifestyle and habits are a thing that you're always going to need to go back to. I did come to a point in my life where I was like, oh, wait, I've got the habits. Great. This is awesome. I can just stop now. <laughs> and you kind of realize like, oh, actually... No, not really. You you kind of need to keep going with those things for them to be effective, right? Um, and this is this is what kind of habits you um, and there's there's different levels of habits as well. I've realized. Um, so when you get really really good at habits, then you and, and let's go, first let's go into like what a traditional habit is. So a traditional habit is a repeated behavior that you then perform by default. Yeah. So a habit is uh, an action or a behavior that you are unconsciously performing. So a lot of people will meander their ways through work, through a commute, through study, whatever it is, um, without consciously bringing their attention to the activity at hand. And that makes a lot of sense. Like that's not to say that's a bad thing or that people, you know, shouldn't be doing that. Um, And I say that with such uh, a dejection. Um, But... um, but yeah, it's still to be said. It's just not to be said in like, oh, that's a bad thing. It's more to be said in like, well, that's just a thing that happens. Why does it happen? Usually because most of the stuff that, you know, you're doing within your life is just boring. You know, why Why would anyone expect you to be putting all your time and effort and energy into something that you just don't like genuinely care about? You know what I mean? Like if you're working in something or you're working on something you don't care about, why Why would anyone expect you to, you know, why would you think that I, as a person, would expect you to be happy about that? Like, you don't care about it. I don't care about what you don't care about. I, as a human being, as an individual, care about what you care about as an individual. Because um, when, you know, you talk about something that you care about, when you talk about things that you genuinely enjoy and, you know, the, the things you're passionate about then I, as the individual experiencing that, get to see your eyes light up. I get to see, you know, you're filled with energy. You're, you're pushed forward into, the, into being this whole different person. That's what I care about. I don't care if you're going to hit a deadline or whatever. Like, if you're not passionate about it, if you don't care about it, you're wasting your time. Because it's, legit, it's legitimately a 50-50, right? So if you've got, let's say, okay, on average, let's say you've got like 80 years, 80 years of life. Like, we're living, most of us most of the people listening to this are going to be living in a um, a developed country. So our lifespan is horrendously long. It's, it's redonkulous, but it's also like really amazing because there's so much time to like do things. <laughs> cool things. Um, what was I saying? 
habits anyways uh yeah no we're talking about lifestyle lifetime da, 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 da. oh yeah yeah care okay so like yeah okay let's go with the if you've got an average of uh 80 years of life right and you've you've got everything that anyone has ever done and everything that anyone could ever do and everything that anyone is currently doing and you've got two categories you've got the categories of you don't care about those things and you do care about those things. So if you've got 80 years, um, why would you spend half of them doing things you don't care about, right? Because the things in the category of you care about, it's not just one thing that you can interchange. When, like there's one thing that maybe starts you off and you're like, wow, I do care about this. And then there's 20 other things that um, pr- pr- propagate from that. And, and it's, it, it's insane because there's so many people are doing things that they just don't care about. They just, like, why? Why? Why would you do that, man? Why would you spend time doing something you don't care about when you could do something that you care about? And a lot of people will give me the argument. It's not even an argument. A lot of people will simply just say because, oh, well, I have to. Well, in counter to that, I would thusly um, properly argue that you don't have to because when you really question it and you really consider it and you really, really think about it like I have done, then you realize that have to implies that someone else is forcing you to do something, right? And if you remember the last um, episode, I was talking about freedom of choice. It might have been two episodes ago, actually. We were talking about freedom of choice and how no one can force you to choose anything, right? Um, And so when we say that, oh, we have to, let's question that. Because you say you have to and you'd be like, oh, why? Why? Why do you have to? Oh, because they said so. And be like, well, why? Why did they say so? Be like, oh, well, someone above them said so. Like, you know, let's go with the law, which is probably like one of the biggest examples ever. Um, where, you know, people say, oh, you have to drive with a seatbelt. Mm, actually, you don't. Because what happens is when you say that, you're believing that someone else is forcing you to. You like you believe the government is forcing you to, but you still have the choice because you can in that car in that moment physically choose. Or not, is it physically choose? I don't know. You can choose to not wear a seatbelt. Thus, you are the only one that determines whether or not you will wear a seatbelt. Yeah. So the only reason why we would say we have to is because it's easier than considering the consequences of the actions. Right? You don't have to wear a seatbelt at all. No one's forcing you to wear a seatbelt. That's just silly. However, if you want to survive a car accident and a car crash and any type of collision that is above like a specific Newtonic force that's going to propel you from the front seat, if you want, and want is the key word there, if you want to survive that, then you need right? Because need is the qualifier for want, then you need to wear that seatbelt. If you don't want to survive, and unfortunately, people will purposely kill themselves in car accidents all the time. If you do not want to survive, then you don't need to wear a seatbelt. But instead of saying have to, what we need to start doing is 
evaluating the consequences of these actions. And when I say need to, the reason why we need to, and I will always give reasons to the best of my ability. Um, sometimes I might forget, but I do my very best to remember because the reasons are everything, right? Like if you consider life, like we need reasons to live. We need reasons to be because if there's no reason to be, then why be, you know? People people will continuously use like the um, the suicide argument and be like, well, you can't just kill yourself. And I mean, the fact that there are millions of people doing that probably right now all around the world would kind of fly in the face of that statement because actually you can do that. There are fair few ways to do that. Um, and a lot of people will justify the reasons as to why that's a good option, right? But really, it kind of goes back to like the fundamental saying of it's the easy way out, you know, because it is. Like, yeah, life is full of challenges. Life is full of hardships. Life is full of just absolute dejection and misery and sadness sometimes. But life is also full of happiness and joy and excitement and achievement and passion and creativity and connection and stories. And I think I said joy, but joy and joviality. And you know, like, life is home to all those things. And, and, to, to, to quip out on the easy thing. And here's my thing with it as well, right? Because to commit suicide is an action, right? And why I so blatantly talk about this is because I have considered this yearly through depressive episodes of my own for the past like three, four years now. And so it's something that I'm very passionate about avoiding on a personal level. And if there's anything that I can find that allows me to avoid that, um, then I also want to, you know, get other people onto that as well. Hence the telling of all these ideas, because these ideas and the stuff that I've been talking about is probably like one of the, one of actually now, now one of many reasons, it is one of many reasons that I have found to keep going on in life. A lot of, a lot of different reasons apply to a lot of different people. Like my reasons for being right now is my ability to talk about those ideas, record them and then share them online, which is redonkulous because these are what I'm so passionate about. Another reason is the development of like my own artwork because right now I draw like a three-year-old and I don't want to always draw like a three-year-old. So <laughs> I want to get a little bit better at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there's like, I have close relationships. Like I've been seeing this girl recently and I'm like endlessly in always in love with her and like genuinely surrounding myself with positive and loving and good people, um, that I can call friends for the first time in years and years. That's another massive reason for me to be. Another reason for me to be is, you know, when, um, when I can and when my body is allowing me to, like, I get to eat really cool foods and I also can do like flips and I can train myself to backflip, which is just cool stuff. You know what I mean? And also being on stage as well. Like I haven't been on stage in a while, but there's stuff coming back up. Like everything's, everything's going forward and you know, there's some good stuff going to happen. I'm going to be on stage very soon. And uh, like that is one of the massive reasons that I get to be because just being in that space on stage, performing and connecting, even in the audience, you know, connecting to that, that transfer of energy, because that's what a performance is. It's a transfer of energy The artists are giving you their energy and you're the audience and you're giving the artists your energy and, 
Um, and, and so the cycle continues. Like energy begets energy. Positivity begets positivity. So when you do one thing, you're going to see more and more and more. And that's one of like the key elements within almost all of life as well when you really think about it. And, um, and that is the biggest reason that I'm still here because what we see now, we will only see more of, right? I feel like this, we originally got into another topic. Whatever, we're going with this now. So what you see now, you will see more of. Now, to a fair amount of people, that might seem really kind of spooky and scary and spooktastic, yeah? And the reason that might be is because they are not in any way, shape or form um, that they are consciously aware of. In, they're not enjoying what it is they're seeing, you know? A lot of people have really shizzy situations. Like, uh, that was me when I was homeless. That was not a situation that I was... I, like, I did enjoy it at the start because I knew that I was empowered and I had chosen homelessness so that I could experience that and so that I could then um, be equipped to like engage and interact with the homeless in a way that was going to be productive and helpful to them. So rather than, you know, providing cash, now if anyone approaches me that is currently homeless, I can give them the pathway to becoming not homeless. Which, by the way, anyone that's listening, if you live within Australia, Sydney, uh, Sydney, Australia, it takes about, I don't know, four days for the homeless to not become homeless. And that four days is after two meetings that go for maybe half an hour. So realistically, it actually takes an hour for someone to not be homeless. That hour is just spread over a few days because processing times... Um, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, actually, this the majority of homelessness could simply be solved, just like a lot of problems around the world, with education and communication, you know? Insight and um, interaction. Because when you're educated in what systems the government has in place to help the homeless, then you can share that with the people that have been homeless for a fair while now. Like, I met a dude that... Um, he, uh, he'd been living in a temporary accommodation for 11 weeks. Before that, he had been um, homeless for, I think, six years. And then just one day, um, one of the uh, outreach teams of one of the uh, organizations that beautifully runs in Sydney that's from funded by the government as well, by the way, um, the, uh, they, they approached him and they told him about this. And then now he's got a house to himself. He now is renting an entire house and it's like two, three bedrooms or something. Legit, like a year ago, this dude was homeless and he had been for six years, which is insane. And he didn't do anything about it. So of course, he's going to continue to be homeless because you need to do things to change situations. And that's where we get down to because we were talking about, and yeah, and now I remember like habits and lifestyle and that. Um, and now it's all starting to tie in together because, you know, when we, when we talk about, um, what we see now, we will only see more of, um, it doesn't need to be depressing and full of sorrow and like, uh, uh, admonishment because we can change what we're doing. It's really simple. You just do something else. It might be a little bit tricky to, to conjure up the will power to do that. Again, that's why coaches exist. That's why therapists exist. That's why rehab exists. That's why a whole range of beautiful governmentally uh, funded services exist. And the government is funding this as well. 
All of these initiatives are funded by the government. So we've got taxpayer money that is going into funding rehab for people that need it. It's funding homeless initiatives for people that need it. It's funding um, food for people that need it. It's funding a whole lot of stuff, right? So before you bag out the government of whatever country you're living in, do some research, you know? Go to the lowest echelons of your society and then complain about how the government doesn't do anything for you. Because what you realize, and a lot of people do that, by the way, but if you're smart, what a lot of people realize is that the government actually does a hell of a lot. It provides those services. The only reason why you're not benefiting from those services is because you're not taking advantage of those services because you're too busy complaining about the lack of those services to do the research to uncover the fact that those services exist. Once you realize those services exist, you can then take advantage of it in a way that's going to benefit you and the people around you because A, our main axiom surrounding everything that I'm saying is that we want to positively impact everyone around us, right? And why would we want to do that? Well, because we want to live the best life. Why would we want to do that? Well, because it beats not living at all. We want to live, if we're going to live, we're going to live and that's the axiom as well. That's the assu- the main assumption that we want to live. And if we want to live, we're going to live our best life, right? So to live our best life, we need to be positive, we need to be happy, we need to be, you know, fulfilled and um, uh, what's ecstatic, enthusiastic, that's the word I'm looking for. Because um, it just makes things so much better, you know, in every sense of the word. Um, and, 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 and yeah, and that also ties into, you know, what we see now, what we see now, we will only see more of in the future because what we see now we can make better and we can make it better by changing what we're doing right so if you're doing something so say you're hanging out with someone say you're working on something that you just you don't the prospect of doing more of that makes you um internally groan and writhe right okay cool so what that is saying what your body your mind your heart what literally your entire being is telling you is to not do that thing and that's really awesome because what that means is that you found something you don't want to do with your life. Great. Why is that great? Because it moves you closer to the things that you do want to do within your life. And when you do the things that you do want to do within your life, then you're happy. You're fulfilled. You're successful. You've got literally everything because you're doing what you want to do. Awesome. So if you're not doing that, then you want to move towards that, right? So if you don't like the prospect of having more of what you have now consider write to yourself think talk to yourself like i'm talking i'm this what a podcast is like i'm literally talking myself and then i upload it and then people listen to it it's ridiculous the world is amazing so yeah think to yourself what would i want to see more of what do i want to see more of in the future you know on a personal level i want to see more um friends i want to see more of this podcast i want to see more of my uh, creative ability developing. I want to see um, more lessons of life uh, developing. I want to see, I want to see a, a hell of a lot more people, you know, being benefited by these things that I'm saying. I want to see a world start to slowly and gradually change um, based on the efforts and energies that I'm putting into actively changing that for the better for everyone. I want to see that. I want to see uh, more amazing food. I want to see more beautiful women. I want to see more positive friends. I want to see more love within the world. I want to see more music. I want to see more um, drawing. I want to see more maths. I want to see more physics. I want to see more biology. I want to see more learning. I want to see more philosophy. I want to see more like movies and magical stuffs and colors. And I want to see 
I want more of just almost everything. Or I want more of all the good things. More of life in general, right? Um, and I can say that because, you know, the life that I have now, I genuinely love every single aspect of it as well, which is freaking awesome when you think about it. Because, you know, you can happily say that you want more of everything in life when you love everything in life. And so that's another thing as well. Like if you don't love things within life, then, well, it makes a lot of sense why you wouldn't say you want more of things. However, that's inspiring in the sense that if you're not there, then what that means is you can get to there. And really all you get and really how you get to there is you find the things that you love doing. You genuinely find the things you love doing the most and you um what was i saying you oh yeah you find things you love doing the most and you do them so start with one thing cuz you need you can only start with one right how do you get to 100 from 0 you start with one so start with one thing that you love doing right it could be running it could be exercising it could be walking the dog it could be having a proper um deep chat with your partner it could it could be going out with your friends uh in a wholesome way it could be writing it could be drawing it could be dancing it could be cooking it could be uh just doing that one thing that you love like i don't know like a handstand with one hand just do that okay great just do that one thing one thing that you want to do fit it in somewhere Take an hour out of your schedule in the entire week, by the way, not even a day. Just take an hour out of the week. Do something that you love to do. And as well, by the way, if you don't have an hour to dedicate to something you love doing and something that excites you in your entire week, you don't have a life. You have a prescription. You have a, 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 a law in your life you don't have a life if you can't give yourself yourself by the way being the one that is living the life if you don't have the faculty to give yourself an hour you don't have a life but because i um am the authority now on what life is um <laughs> i know it's so fun to say that um, you can definitely know and see that you do have a life because you are living. So if you're living, you have a life. And if you have a life, you want to live the best life, right? And the step towards the best life. And why do you want to live the best life? Well, because you want to be fulfilled. If you want to be fulfilled, then guess what? You need to put as much energy into things as possible because you're not going to get any kind of sense of, you're not going to get any sense of fulfillment or satisfaction or achievement from just half-assing stuff, right? And yeah, I speak from personal experience as well because recently I have been half-assing a heck of a lot of stuff. And from this point on, I want to not be half-assing almost, I want to not be half-assing anything. I want to be doing my best at everything because what you realize is when you do your best and yeah, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of <clears throat> oomph, but... When you are doing everything you can to the best of your ability, then you start seeing achievement. Then you start feeling fulfillment. Then you start feeling some satisfaction within your life because you know that you're putting in the effort. You know you're putting in the work. And it's not even, you don't even need to begrudge it as well because we can tie this to the thing that we said before about loving your life, right? So if you love a thing, if you love to do a thing, guess what happens when you do that thing? You do the best you possibly can at it. Right? And if you're not, then you need to make a conscious decision to do that. And it's not because like, oh, you need to do this and da, 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 da. It's like, well, actually, 
the coolest part about it is if, and this is probably my favorite part as well, like if you're doing one thing that you love, right? Because I've prescribed to you one thing, you want to do one thing that you love within your life, just one hour a week to start, right? Ideally, everything within your life, like mine, you want to love. Start with one and then graduate yourself to all of life. <laughs> so what my favorite thing is with loving one thing that you do is that when you do it, it's not a chore, you know, you enjoy doing it. And the coolest thing about that is that when you put your best, when you decide, you know, you're going to be like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to put my best effort into this. I'm going to genuinely do my best. It's not like a, oh, I'm going to do this to prove it to someone. It's like, no, you're doing your best because you love it and you just genuinely want to have more fun, right? And that's the key to having more fun as well. Like if this thing that you love is fun and if it's something you love, then it is enjoyable. Then the key to enjoying it even more is to do your best ability, right? Which is awesome because it's like great. So then the key to having more fun is to do your best at the things you love. Um, yeah, okay, that sounds sweet. I'm pretty sure everyone loves having fun. And if you don't, then I mean, like at this point, why bother living? If you don't, if you're not gonna, if you don't like fun, if you're not gonna enjoy things, what's the point? What's the point? Like you can work, you can study, sure. But the whole point of both of those things, I mean, to most people, um, like the end goal, let's say that the end goal for both of those things is to earn a certain amount of money. What are you going to do with that money other than spend it on things that you enjoy, you know, experiences, items, people, um, uh, more education, whatever it is, making more money. Like people enjoy making money. It's an enjoyable process if you can enjoy the process. Um, and that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. And we will talk about this more in the next one. All right. Sweet. Enjoyment of the process. All right. Toodaloos, booze.